0: Welcome to Bite at a Time Books, Behind the Story, where we answer the questions you have about your favorite classic authors. What inspired your favorite author to write their novels? What was going on in the world at the time? Follow along with us as we tell you what was happening in the world while your favorite authors wrote your favorite classics. My name is Bree Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes, but also our website biteatatimebooks.com includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show and YouTube where we have special behind the narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear a book by the author, check out the Bite at a Time Books podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we'll be talking about the early life of Mary Shelley. Mary Shelley was born Mary Wollstonecraft Godwin in Town, London in 1797, she was the second child of the feminist philosopher, educator, and writer, Mary Wollenscraft, and the first child of the philosopher, novelist, and journalist, William Godwin. Wollstonecraft died of puerperal fever shortly after Mary was born. Godwin was left to bring up Mary, along with her older half-sister, Fanny Imlay, Wollstonecraft's child by the American speculator, Gilbert Imlay. A year after Wollstonecraft's death, Godwin published his memoirs of the author of A Vindication of the Rights of Women, 1798, which he intended as a sincere and compassionate tribute. However, because the memoirs revealed Wollstonecraft's affairs and her illegitimate child, they were seen as shocking. Mary Godwin read these memoirs and her mother's books and was brought up to cherish her mother's memory. Mary's earliest years were happy, judging from the letters of William Godwin's housekeeper and nurse, Louisa Jones. But Godwin was often deeply in debt. Feeling that he could not raise the children by himself, he cast about for a second wife. In December 1801, he married Mary Jane Claremont, a well-educated woman with two children of her own, Charles and Claire. Most of Godwin's friends disliked his new wife, describing her as quick-tempered and quarrelsome. But Godwin was devoted to her, and the marriage was a success. Mary Godwin, on the other hand, came to detest her stepmother. William Godwin's 19th century biographer, Charles Keegan Paul, later suggested that Mrs. Godwin had favored her own children over those of Mary Wollstonecraft's. Together, the Godwins started a publishing firm called M.J. Godwin, which sold children's books as well as stationery, maps, and games. However, the business did not turn a profit, and Godwin was forced to borrow substantial sums to keep it going. He continued to borrow to pay off earlier loans, compounding his problems. By 1809, Godwin's business was close to failure and he was near to despair. Godwin was saved from debtor's prison by philosophical devotees such as Francis Place, who lent him further money. Though Mary Godwin received little formal education, her father tutored her in a broad range of subjects. He often took the children on educational outings, and they had access to his library and to the many intellectuals who visited him, including the romantic poet Samuel Taylor Coleridge and the former vice president of the United States, Aaron Burr. Godwin admitted he was not educating the children according to Mary Wollstonecraft's philosophy, as outlined in works such as A Vindication of the Rights of Women, 1792. But Mary Godwin nonetheless received an unusual and advanced education for a girl of the time. She had a governess, a daily tutor, and read many of her father's children's books on Roman and Greek history and manuscript— for six months in 1811, she also attended a boarding school in Ramsgate. Her father described her at age 15 as singularly bold, somewhat imperious, and active of mind. Her desire of knowledge is great, and her perseverance in everything she undertakes almost invincible. In June 1812, Mary's father sent her to stay with a dissenting family of the radical William Baxter near Dundee, Scotland. To Baxter, he wrote... I am anxious that she should be brought up like a philosopher, even like a cynic. Scholars have speculated that she may have been sent away for her health, to remove her from the seamy side of the business, or to introduce her to radical politics. Mary Godwin reveled in the spacious surroundings of Baxter's house and in the companionship of his four daughters, and she returned north in the summer of 1813 for a further stay of ten months, In 1831, Introduction to Frankenstein, she recalled, I wrote then, but in a most commonplace style, it was beneath the trees of the grounds belonging to our house, or on the bleak sides of the woodless mountains near, that my true compositions, the airy flights of my imagination, were born and fostered. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books behind the story today while we answered some of the questions you have about one of your favorite classic authors. Again, my name is Bree Carlisle, and I hope you come back next time when we answer more questions about one of your favorite classic authors. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the links for our show.